Um, I'm pulling that one up right now. Actually, the Civil War piece. Yeah, some of this stuff is really great. <laughs> I don't mean to, I don't mean to qualify that. Like some of this stuff is great. Well, you let me know what the other stuff is, and I'll pull it down. <laughs> oh man, that's, I'm a dick. That's, 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 Sometimes intelligent conversation mixed with witty banter, often just stream of consciousness, but mainly a dialogue between creatives to find out what motivates us in film, art, and life. This is Creative by Design with Philip LG. What's up, beautiful people? My name is Philip LG. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited about today's interview because my guest is somebody who I've looked up to since pretty much right after I joined the military. I started looking at his work and there's one image in particular that we talk about that kind of changed how I look at photography and how I looked at um, image making as a whole, which we'll get into. But before that, I want to talk about something that I've noticed. Okay, this is episode, uh, I don't know, five or six, and I've talked to a number of people. We got some really good ones coming up. This one's a really good one, but there seems to be trends that I just want to address right now that the people who are really good at their craft, whatever it is, it seems like one of the common trends that I notice is that they absolutely fear complacency. Maybe not fear it, but they're constantly pushing and they're constantly testing themselves and getting outside their comfort zone. And I think that's a really important thing to be aware of because as soon as you think you're good enough, that's when you stop progressing. And you could be literally the world's best ex, right? The world's best photographer, world's best whatever. There are awards that will tell you that you are, you know, you have picture of the year or, um, you know, documentary of the year. That's what these things are, right? But that doesn't mean that you can't get any better. That doesn't mean that next year somebody else isn't going to win. You can't rest on what you have done in the past. And you have to constantly be out there pushing and getting outside your comfort zone every single time you go to either go on a shoot or create something or design something, whatever your craft is, right? Try something new. I heard uh, a presentation, this is years ago now, where somebody literally said the, the key to winning, it was, it was at a workshop, the key to winning this a workshop is a literally getting outside your comfort zone, doing something that you've never done because you're going to look at it in a way that somebody who does it every day hasn't seen. And that inspires me. And the fact that these guys are so, so good at what they do, but they're still constantly out there, constantly pushing, getting outside and, and never being satisfied really inspires me. And that mentality is really refreshing when it comes from somebody like my guest today. Somebody who's been doing the job for two or more decades, has multiple awards, um, could totally rest on his reputation, but doesn't. Refuses to be satisfied and gets out there and pushes himself every day. So stay tuned. We really get into his mindset and we break down some really important concepts that are of so much value. So hopefully you get something out of it. I know I did. This is my conversation with seven time military photographer of the year, Jeremy Locke. Were you, uh, were you a photographer the whole time? 
Um, no, I wasn't. Uh, it's my story is funny and weird. I mean, I, you know, I was I was a partier jock kind of guy in high school, and and tried my college thing, and and college didn't work out for me. They pretty much politely asked me to leave when I wasn't making the grades. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I was working construction and. You know, I loved working construction because it was like an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. And mm-hmm. yeah. hands, you're working and building and you can see what you're building. Um, it, w- it was nice. But the guys I was working with had to go back into jail on the weekends. And, and it just wasn't, it wasn't, I was like, there's got to be something better out there. And I went and talked to a recruiter and I wanted to kind of combine my father's, um, job of being in the Air Force with my mother, who was a uh, nurse, and I wanted to be an x-ray technician, go and do four years and, and get a good trade and, and get out. Oh, wow. And, yeah, so it was, you know, that was, that was the plan, you know, at 22 years old, 21, 22 years old. And, um, you know, it didn't, didn't happen that way. Uh, went in, um, the recruiter's like, oh, sure, you'll get that. And uh, went in open general <laughs> and, and was given the job as an imagery processor. So what that is, is I was the guy who was working in the dark rooms, um, developing, processing, and printing everything from satellite imagery to, um, you know, the U-2 spy plane imagery. And, it, and I loved it because it was the, the work we were doing in the military for that was like, the president was seeing it. Special operations people were seeing it. I mean, it was making an impact. Yes. Every every day, like, and you knew that. So um, that that was amazing. Uh, what year was that? Like, when did you join? Um, God, I need to really get my age. So I joined in '92. Oh, okay, yeah. So it was around that time frame too, like early '90s. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, but. But, you know, I did love it, and I, I loved that kind of work. But then you'd have uh, photographers who would travel all over the world come in and drop off their rolls of film. If, mm-hmm. if your, your listeners still remember what film is, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. they, would, they would drop it off, and, and just I'd have to sit there and develop it. And, and look, you know, I'm looking at all these amazing places. And I'm like, man, I'd love to do that. Um, and at first, honestly, it was about, uh, about the travel, getting out and traveling and then wait, you get to take pictures while other people are working. You get to take pictures of other people working. Oh, it's mm-hmm. sign me up. Right. So, but, um, yeah, so our, at that time, crew field started merging and, um, I picked up the camera and had some really great mentors and, um, just, you know, started growing with it. And, and it wasn't till where I feel like I really sunk my teeth in and really understood what the power of photograph um, was, was until the uh, DOD workshop that, you know, we hold. And, mm-hmm. you know, I saw, I saw like Mary Calvert's work and, and I was just like blown away. I was like, wow, we can do this kind of stuff? Yes. It's incredible. When you see and you truly understand the power of an image, I mean, the power of an image, you know, one five thousandths of a second can change a world. I was hooked. I was hooked. Yep. Yep. Um, I think, I feel like uh, most of us who who love this job and, and 
have been in or at least doing it for a while have that moment. It's like a pivotal like, oh, you can do this? Like I thought I was – I had to fit in this box or I thought I had to meet – these little standard things but when you see somebody doing something else outside of what you thought was actually possible it kind of changes your world i think think about how blessed we are too to to not only get to live our lives but the lives of the people you know we photographed so whether Mm -hmm. i'm you know working with a tribe in india or with the brave men and women of of our uniform you know military I mean, you get to live their lives and share their stories and understand them. And I mean, that's, that's a huge blessing is just experience so much when, you know, I got high school buddies that have never left their town. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Um, so you transitioned out of developing into still photography, did that for a while. What was that process like that kind of period when you're shooting full time, traveling a little bit more like, where did you work from? Kind of what were some of the cool stuff that you did during then? Yeah, so like when I first started picking up a camera, um, I was working out of Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. And and um, just had, you know, one of my mentors is a guy named uh, Scott Wagers, Air Force guy, great photographer. Um, you know, just was one of those people that was in my life at that time. And, and fostered and, and saw some potential in me and, and, and helped me grow. And, you know, from there, I, I uh, applied for the Syracuse University military program. I mean, so mm-hmm. my track was really fast. And it's like, you know, okay, year two, you know, picking up a camera. And then I applied for the workshop or for the school, Syracuse. And, oh, and wow. Was yeah. So, and, and I was in. And, and spent a year there, but you know, I, I can, I still remember my very first trip in the military as a photographer and it was off the coast of, um, we were, we went to Namibia, Africa and again, fresh photographer, don't really know anything. Um, and oh yeah, you're going as a one man team and you're shooting slide film. (laughs) Yes. So, um, went over, um, it was for a memorial service. It was one of our, I think it was a C-141 collided with a German plane and we lost members off the coast of Africa over there. And, um, so I was there for the memorial service, uh, shooting and came back. I mean, I was, I surprised myself because it all came back properly exposed and, and everything, but. You know, that's, that's kind of like my very first trip, my very first photography assignment. Um, ever. Yeah. Uh, I have to, I have to go back because, um, I remember shooting slide film and for anybody that's listening or has never done it, it is like the least forgiving medium. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> it used to be like a test when I was, so we talked about this on the phone. I was in high school. I took a photography class at like the local community college. And that was the thing was like, go, you know, learn the tenets of photography, rule of thirds, exposure, blah, 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 all the stuff. But you had to shoot slide film because we didn't have, it was projectors. So we just project your slides onto the, for review. And it was like, man, if you were a stop off, like yeah. you would lose all the information. It was just terrible. Yeah. So man, I, I couldn't even imagine being in a, in like a real life scenario doing that. I'd be stressed. And here, and here you are carrying all your film back 
to be mm-hmm. processed. I mean, you, you've already photographed the uh, the event, and you're just <laughs> the whole time you're waiting and hoping, and then you're sitting at the end of the machine as it's coming off, going, "Oh my God, please be in, please be in, the please <laughs> let me have something." Oh, that's awesome. It's kind of nice now where we just kind of can click a button and click another button and view it right there in the camera. Yeah, it is. I think some of the some people kind of get stuck in the uh, you know chimping is a crime and all that. But I'm it, horrible at it. I chimp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it is kind of nice when you can just look and kind of see where you're at. Make sure you have that moment you were looking for. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you you did Syracuse and you moved on. Um, where'd you go after that? Um, from Syracuse, I did. Um, after Syracuse, I, I got my first taste of combat camera. So I moved down to the first combat camera squadron in Charleston, South Carolina. And again, Ooh. you know, here I'm, I'm, I'm learning and, and I'm loving photography. I'm, I'm starting to understand it. But um, it was at that time where I did go to my, my first DOD workshop after Syracuse. So here I have a, an understanding of stories and, and, and what photography is all about. And I went to my, there was a guy named Preston Karras, who's a good buddy of mine, Navy photographer, fun, phenomenal photographer. He's he's great. But we were yes. always kind of in competition. He was a classmate. So we were always, you know, you know, what did you shoot? What did I shoot? And you know, we're kind of competing. And it wasn't until the, my first DOD workshop after Syracuse that I had my kind of what I call my first kind of epiphany in, in uh, photography. And... Preston was always a Joe McNally. He loved Joe McNally lighting and sports. And, you know, so that mm-hmm. was kind of his thing. And, and I didn't know what my thing was. But we were just trying to get great images and, and compare and, and try to, you know, that, that healthy, healthy kind of competition that was going on. And it wasn't yeah. until, like I said, mentioned earlier, I saw Mary Calvert's work. And, and it really spoke to me and how she got in deep to stories. And it wasn't about, you know, a, a nice, pretty picture. It was, it was about creating a storytelling, you know, image, a, an image that, that speaks to you. And, and it speaks to the person that you're working with to help give a better understanding. And, that, and that's where I was like, man, that's who I want to be. I want to be Mary Calvert. Mm-hmm. He wants to be a Joe McNally. I want to be a Mary Calvert. And then it kind of, once you figure out what you want to do and what you want to be, it just turns into a love. Um, yes. You know, it's, you stop. And, and honestly, and after I figured out what I wanted to be, it was when I won my first military photographer of the year contest. It was because I wasn't in competition with anybody. Mm-hmm. I, was there, I was there to, you know, as, as Mary would do, I was there to, to document and tell stories and, and, and try to capture those storytelling images in every shot. And once you forget yeah, all about that, it's, it's all about, it's all about that and the love of it. You don't worry about the competitions and, and it just happened. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's something sort of freeing about figuring out uh, what your voice is. And I think people talk about that a lot. Um, and it's something that only takes time and it only takes experience and it only takes, you know, 
um, just doing it over and over and over again until you don't have to think about uh, like the technical side of what it is or you just get immersed in whatever your intent is. And I think that you see it a lot in people's work where um, once they figure it out, their, their stuff just gets a thousand times better almost immediately. It does. And, and I think you, you know, as a creative person, you, you go through ups and downs of that, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, straight photojournalist, you know, that's documentary kind of style photojournalist is what I wanted to be. But then, you know, since I've retired, you know, it's kind of pushed me and like, well, now what, what do I want to do? So I started picking up a little bit of studio lighting and trying to learn that. And that's been the next thing in my life that's kind of raised the hair on the, on my arms and, and it's got me excited. And then trying to combine photojournalism with the studio kind of work, it's just been, been an amazing kind of journey and you're finding yourself again. Do you think that there's a little bit of, this is kind of a, like an ethereal question, but you just made me think about, do you feel like there's a little bit of you, like you're not injecting yourself, but you're like sharing a little bit of who you are um, each time you go, you go shoot something? I, I believe so. Um, I believe, I, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you try to be that person who's not interjecting themselves into it. But I, I mean, you come out of your work. Um, mm-hmm. whether it, it comes right down to the stories that you're choosing to go out and cover, you know, mm-hmm. um, that becomes a part of who you are. So yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I think you're in all your work. And then it kind of influences your next story and so on. And it's like this ever evolving cycle, which is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk, cause you mentioned it. I want to talk a little bit about the competition process. So it's, yep. We just my, my my guys just entered Milfog and Milvid, right? Great. For 2017, it just happened. So you said you'd mentioned earlier that once you kind of found your intent or figured out like who you wanted to be as a photographer was the first year that you won Milfog. And as the overall military photographer of the year, and then you subsequently won it six more times. Um, so I don't want to put you on a spot asking you this, but there has to be something there. Like that doesn't happen by accident. Um, the only thing that I can think is you just see life a certain way, right? As a photographer, you see life and light and moments. So what can you say about that? That what sets you and your work apart from kind of the rest of the field? Um, a, there's a love and passion and whatever you do. Um, but, you know, honestly, I, it, it's my mentors. It's my mentors are much of that, that win or those wins are, you know, develop me. The wins aren't really, really important in my book. They're important, but they're not, you know, huge. It's, it's the growth of, of where you see yourself. And that's my mentors, you know, is, is I didn't want to settle to be, okay, you're just going to be good at this. You know, I was always pushing myself uh, to be better. And, and how can I get better? Well, you got to be out there shooting and telling stories. And you know what? You also got to show that work and, and be open for critiques to, to build and grow as, as a shooter. And, and one of the things that I'd like to talk a little bit about contests is, you know, I, I can honestly say I've never gone out and shot for a contest. And, and I truly mean that. And, 
However, I think contests are big, and I think they're very important. Um, I think they're very subjective. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, the cream of the crop always rises in contests. So, yep. you know, the judges could have decaf coffee that day and, you know, your image might might take third place instead of if it was judged tomorrow, it might take first. But you're going to be up in the top 10 of that. And that's one of the reasons why I entered contest, and I still do to this day, is it lets you see how you're progressing. It lets you see how you're stacking up amongst your peers, the people around you and the people in this industry. And I truly believe that if you are a photographer, a true photographer, videographer, storyteller, at the end of the year, you're going to have a body of work that you're going to sit there and go, I can, I can put together five stories. Mm -hmm. I have stuff to enter, you know, and it just lets me, you know, see where I'm stacking up throughout the year. And that's, that's really why and how I do that. And, and people that I've worked with, you know, Benny Davis, phenomenal, you know, mentor, friend. He, um, you know, he can tell you, you sit down and show you at the end of the year. I have literally like 10 stories I got to go through and put together and, and, and get it ready for submissions. Yeah, that's true. And I think that uh, on the flip side, uh, if you... <laughs> If you're disappointed with your work, maybe you know that like you weren't putting it in as hard as you should have. Yeah, like it's a, it's kind of it's kind of a educator for you. That to, to, absolutely correct. That 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 actually happened to me um, in 2016. Um, I didn't uh, get out and and shoot a whole lot. You know, I was working for clients again. You know, some of my clients, it's not that their events and things like that. It's not those kind of stories, but mm. I kind of was complacent and sat back and I didn't have anything. That was the first time since I picked up, uh, entered my first contest years and years ago. First time I didn't submit to anything last, last year. Oh, wow. But, yeah. And I was very disappointed in myself. Turn it around mm-hmm. to, to this year. And, and I've got a huge body of work, everything from, you know, working with kids in Ghana who have severe scoliosis to a couple tribes in India um, that, you know, will no longer be around in another 10, 20 years um, to backyard stuff, working with uh, veteran projects and, and Salvation Army uh, projects here in Dallas. So I had a huge body of work. And, and this year is actually the very first time I've ever put in a portfolio into a civilian contest. So, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's, it's those baby steps, and I'm really proud of myself for doing it. Will I make yes. it past the first round? I don't think so. But, man, <laughs> you know, you've got to start somewhere. And, and that's yeah, and if- good. Even if it's one step, sometimes it feels so good just to get that one step. Like that's all you needed. It is. So for me, it was more of a a pat myself on the back and um, praise myself for for taking that that leap of faith. Yeah, it's not like you said earlier, it's not always about winning. It's about like verifying that you put the work in, that you're proud of your 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 body of work that you did. The time like validating the time you spent doing a thing. Yeah. 
And and you know what? It's you know, Pictures of the Year International was going. It's going on right now, and they're live broadcasting and. Um, and so I'm getting to watch uh, the judging and how my stuff is doing. And, and I, honestly, I was very surprised this year. No, but nobody will see this or know this unless you actually watch it. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the names, first, second, third, you know, and the honorable mentions. But nobody mm-hmm. sees that, you know what, in the portrait category singles, there was, you know, 1,350 images submitted from, from worldwide top photographers and my one of my images made it to the top you know 57 images man that's huge in my book huge that's yeah that's yeah so again nobody will ever see it ever no but to me it's like yes i'm on i keep working that that stay on that path keep working follow your passions and it'll go you know i also had a the picture story that made it to um and the feature story made it to uh, number eight, two away from an honorable mention. But I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, just watching that and and learning how to uh, learning from the judges and what they're saying. I mean, it's just it's beautiful. Um, it, it does nothing but better yourself. And and mm-hmm. again, that's that's why I'm huge in, into contests. I don't shoot for contests, but damn it, you're a you're a photographer. That's your living. I should have a body of work at the end of the year to, to submit. And it, all it's doing is, is let me see where I'm at amongst my peers and my professionals. Absolutely. Um, that's, I, man, I love that mentality. Um, so you did all that. You're, since then, um, well, not since this year, but since Milfog and you, you've retired. Right. Right. And in 2013. And the big thing I've seen you do now is you're kind of like the guy in charge of a lot of these workshops. Um, I don't know if you're like when I was an instructor at Demphos, you were doing the coordinating all the judging for the, you know, um, Milfog and Milvid competitions. And then we did the DOD workshop. You're, you know, hosting and coordinating that. What does that mean to you? Um, to be able to be involved with stuff like that. Man, it is such a huge, huge honor. Um, I mean, it's nothing greater. Again, I I don't think anybody gets in our career fields, gets to where they are at by themselves. You surround mm-hmm. yourself. You need to surround yourself with the greatest people. You know, when I first went to Combat Camera, I was like, who, who are these, who are the, who are the uh, the big dogs? You know, that's that's who I want to surround myself with, and that's who I want to learn from. You know, and the, and it's it's. I guess what I'm trying to say is, it's not me. It's the people I surrounded myself with. It's the mentors that that brought me up and and that that helped me grow. Ken Hackman, um, Chip Maury, two huge <laughs> huge guys that you know, were my mentors that ran these workshops, that ran um, the competitions. And, you know, the biggest motto, the biggest thing that I, I took away from everything is what they did. And, and, and they say it day in, day out. It's, you know, give back as freely as it was given to you. And they, they saw something in me and, and we just fostered and grew together. But it was all free. You know, they, that was the beauty of it. And then now it's my turn 
to to take the time and and mentor and and pass on what they've taught me in hopes that you know there'll be a seven time or i'm sorry an eight time military photographer of the year or you know it's it's that time for me now to step up and and give back so with the dod workshop they they came to to myself and bob houlihan um to kind of see if we would kind of take it over and mm-hmm. we've done it bob does an amazing job he's kind of you know because he's in dc and in there he pretty much runs it um all the logistics and and you know grabbing people uh, we'll have talks about who we want to bring in as mentors or faculty and but uh yeah it honestly that dod workshop couldn't be be done now without bob and and man check this out the DOD workshop <laughs> now has now has video in it. Yes. You know, back when I was there, it didn't have that. What another beautiful thing to bring in uh, to the workshop, and you know, that's I think that's probably our biggest accomplishment for that workshop with Bob and I uh, taking it over is is mm-hmm. bringing you know video into it. And and again, man, Bob, it's it's Bob's baby. He's done amazing. Uh, I'm just there to be the face and and, uh, and the funny guy. Yeah, um, and honestly, my plan is I want to I'm going to reach out to him and see if he'd be he'd be interested in doing this uh, the show as well because I think a lot could be said. He has a very unique perspective as an editor, but um, like I think that we should push the workshops more than. I've seen at least, I mean, Marine Corps is weird in itself. Like we're just kind of reclusive and, you know, don't play well with others sometimes, but I think that, um, it would be nice to have him on talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it Um, would be great with that. He would be great. And, and he could tell you the, you know, the behind of what really goes into, to putting on, you know, week long workshop. Yeah, I'm sure it's not easy. And and he was actually uh, he's an amazing editor too because he was my boss at my very last duty assignment at a magazine, and mm-hmm. always bouncing and learning and growing and showing them images and stuff. Great editor, great person. That's a, yeah, that's what I hear. With um, with the the contest though, you know, it's when I first got out, Milfog was being done, you know, as it has always been done. Milfog, Milvid, and Milgraf. And, um, man, I loved being a part of that. I loved bringing in the judges for that. I loved facilitating it. And, unfortunately, they've, they've changed it up the – how they've changed up the whole format. And, you know, I'm, yes. not, I'm not here yeah. to say I, I agree with it, I disagree with it. Um, but I'm, I'm still happy that it's going on. I – since it's been changed up and they've done so many things, I'm not involved in it anymore, which is, you know, kind of, kind of sad on me because I, I love that stuff. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I will get the, the calls where, you know, say like AMC command or, or whatever will call me and, and I get to help judge their, their in-house contests and stuff. And I, and I love that because it gives me a chance again to, to give back as freely as it was given to me. Yeah, that's so much fun. Um, I heard a, a quote that I kind of live by when uh, when I was coming up as a I used to be kind of a news a newspaper photographer uh, 
around like 2000 ish. And, um, I had a couple of my mentors who would tell me, just give me all the knowledge that they had. And then I knew a couple other guys who were very close to the chest about things, Word. whether it be like locations or contacts or lighting, like whatever it was, they were just real close to the chest. And I, I remember talking to somebody about it one time and he told me, he was like, you know, I asked him, I was like, why are you you know, so giving? Like, why are you so free with the knowledge? And he was like, listen, man, I can teach you everything I know. Like, it doesn't matter. You still have to put in the work. You still have to go do it. And if you have the drive to do it, you're going to figure it out anyway. Absolutely. And I was like, that's fair enough, you know? No, that, um, that is what it is. And, and, I mean, people don't see what goes behind the scenes. Or, yes, I was in the military. I was working, you know, my job. But they didn't see the, the hours that I would put in afterwards or – um, stories that I was out chasing and working all to better my craft. And, and that's, I'm not mm -hmm. just saying that's me. I mean, there's lots of people that are out there that are doing that. And you're right. I mean, so I want to talk a little bit about personal projects because we've talked about that a little bit and we talked about it on the phone, personal projects, something that you don't do for money, something that you don't do for a customer. You just do for yourself, something you're passionate about, right? Absolutely. Um, you have a couple that have inspired me. Um, but I want to talk specifically about you just went to India, right? Right. And you, and you did this uh, 24-hour shoot in where was it, Kolkata? Yeah, in Calcutta. <laughs> can we? Can you walk me through that a little bit? What's the intent? What was that like and how did it turn out? Yeah. First of all, let me just kind of talk a little bit about projects and why I think they're so important. Yes. You know, and now as I'm learning and growing as a freelancer um, – it's funny because, you know, you put your best stuff, stuff up on, on your websites. And, and most of that, your best stuff is passion projects, things that you, you've done that you're happy about and that maybe you, you didn't do it for a client. It's your passion project. I, I truly feel that you get hired for your passion projects. Um, to go, and then the client likes what you do, and then you go out and you work for the client. But more importantly, projects – are a huge way to grow. Um, ever since um, after Syracuse, I've always had a project every year. And I just give myself one year project um, where I can go out, I can play, um, I can make mistakes, I can come back and get edited, and then go back out and shoot more. Um, those projects have been everything from Civil War reenactments to uh, NASCAR. Um, I mean, it's just been a, a mixture of everything and it just gives me a chance to go out and play and, and, and be able to make mistakes. So projects to me are huge. I, mm -hmm. I have one every year. Um, now what, okay. what I also do is, is I like to give myself with it. If I don't have a huge project going on, I like to, to travel someplace in that year and just give myself, you know, a week or two in a location that I know nothing about and, and find something and just work on a project. And this year, um, a buddy of mine, um, named Russell Quicka, he's actually an army combat photographer retired, lives in the area. And we got together and he was telling me about this, um, this amazing cultures that he's visited over in India and asked if, 
you know, we'd like to go out and, and check it out. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. So we went over as a team and just to play and explore. And, and uh, we got into everything from working with the cognac headhunters in Nagaland. Um, these are guys who, you know, their faces are tattooed. That means they've taken a head. Um, if their chest is tattooed, it means um, they were in their wars. And it was all about, um, their wars were all about land disputes. And, you know, maybe a headhunter would go over and, and kill another guy uh, and grab his head for a trophy. But we also worked with wow. the Aputani women who, you know, were these beautiful women. And the story goes is that other tribes back in the day were coming into the villages and stealing their beautiful women. So what they did hmm. is they started tattooing from the top of their forehead all the way down to the bottom of their nose and then five tattoo lines on their chin. And then they'd also put in um, nose plugs, these uh, kind of like cane nose plugs. Wow. And now that's, that's banned. So again, once these last tattooed culture people dies, the last seven dies, it's done. So it was, it was exciting and neat to get over there and, and play. So we, we were over there. That was our main goal for getting out on this project was to go shoot um, um, and work with these couple cultures. Well, we're over there traveling and getting from place to place. So you just start picking up. I always like to give, it doesn't matter if I'm on a, a family vacation, you know, with, with my family, I'm always looking for something that I can just pick up and start to play with. An example was, you know, last uh, Christmas we did a Mediterranean kind of cruise with the family and, you know, it was during Christmas time. So, you know, they're all out shopping and, and, and doing that stuff. And I'm just carrying my camera around playing tourists. But then I started noticing things. And the next thing I know, I'm just uh, a really simple project for me was, it was uh, motorbikes, you know, the scooters. So I just start photographing yeah. people and looking for things with, with motorbikes. So that's kind of like, to kind of digress, go back to India. So that's we went over there for the for the uh, those two cultures that we were looking at. But in between, I'm looking for other stories that I can I can do. Um, one of the stories um, that I'm very proud of is uh, a Calcutta cab story, and it's just you know I spent a couple of days in in Calcutta just photographing cab life. These beautiful kind of they kind of look like. Um, you know, these Cuba style kind of cabs, these bright yellow cabs. And I, you know, gave myself that, that little project. So nice, you know, just trying to stay busy and try to find things. So, you know, I, I know you asked about Calcutta 24. So again, we're at the end of our, our trip, uh, Russell and I, and, you know, just kind of literally a day or two to go, just kind of waiting to go home. And he actually brought up the idea. He goes, man, we should just go out and shoot for 24 hours. And I was like, wow, that's, that's a really cool idea. And I said, yeah, yeah, okay. So he came up with the idea to go out and shoot for 24 hours. And then I go, okay, all right, if we do that, we have to have rules. So we started making these yep. rules. Like uh, I came up with like, okay, if we're out shooting 24 hours straight, you have to be able to produce an image an hour. So meaning, at the end of this project, you're going to show 24 images, and it's one from each hour that we were out. 
And, you know, sometimes you have great hours where, you know, you got to go in and pick like out of, you got five top images and you hate to lose them, but you, you can only choose one. And then there's other times when, man, the, there was just nothing around. So I, I had one of my images, we were kind of having dinner and, and I photographed a fish tank. You know, I'm like, oh man, it's just, there's nothing here. But it just gave us mm -hmm. something, a small project to sink our teeth in and, and go out and push ourselves and have fun. I think I may steal that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it. it's just, it's a great little fun. It's hard. I'm telling you, it's tough. It's very tough. So I got some other things in the works um, with that uh, 24. So don't be surprised if you, 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 you'll hear me or see me doing that again. That's exciting. Okay. But awesome. get out there and try. You, um, love it. you should do Quake 24. I actually might. Yeah. I think that'd be, I think that could be really cool. So I want to try something here and I don't know if it's going to work. So bear with me. Um, I feel like as I'm not so much a photographer anymore, but I came up doing that. And I feel like there was a couple images across my life that like were pivotal for me. An example is, um, when I was younger, I kind of fell, fell upon uh, Sebastian Salgado's work and like his mining stuff really like kind of changed how I looked at, uh, you know, the world around me. Um, and I was doing a lot of sports at the time and I came into the military and I was like, oh, very sports oriented. Um, and then I came across your work and there's a picture of Marines in a circle with somebody breakdancing in the middle. Yeah, I love that image. Yeah, me too. And I saw that image and I was like, holy shit, uh, this guy isn't just on patrol with them getting the, the shots that he needs to get. This guy's like invested and he's at the, the down moments and the in-between moments. And it kind of changed how I um, look at stuff. And that's one of the things I get on to my dudes now. Cool when they come back with just images of whatever the action is, I was like, well, what were they doing before the action? What were they doing after Great. the action? Like, this is the things that matter. No, that makes me, it makes me happy to hear that because I, I, I just <laughs> right now, and I don't know, it, I'd love to hear other people's opinions, but right now I feel with the young photographers that we have right now in the military, they are, it's action and how to make a pretty picture. And, and, you're not seeing these storytelling images. Um, I, I just feel like they're just showing up. They're showing me what's going on and, and they're shooting it. Man, they're shooting it beautiful. But there's just no meat to any of these images that I've been seeing. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's kind of driving me crazy. And I'm hoping to really talk about that this year at the workshop because uh, – it's, yes, you can take a pretty picture. Now it's time to, to step it up. And, and why are you taking these pretty pictures? You know, the don't, my, my biggest, uh, you know, kind of advice I can give a young photographer to go out there is don't worry about the tank, the airplane, the machine gun. You know, worry about the people. Tell the people's story. All those components that show the hoorah military the explosions, that will all be in the background. That will be there. You'll capture that. But it's all about the people. I did a uh, uh, combat camera reunion one year, and I just 
and I, I wish to this day I could remember who said it, but it was an old old guy there, and, and he, he these words just stuck with me. He said, to truly capture war, to truly, truly capture war is to capture it on the buddy's face next to you. Yeah, yes. And that stuck with me for to, the, to this day. If I'm going out and shooting, you know, Calcutta cabs, I'm looking for those faces. I'm looking for those people. You know, in a gun battle, you know, you're just going to see puffs of smoke. You don't really see the fighting because it's not in your face. You know, you're a distance away. But to truly capture war is to capture it on the face next to you. Stuck with me. Yeah, that's so true. I don't know if I got into your question where we kind of diverted a little bit or. No, that's fine. That's fantastic. Um, what I want to do is, is talk about that a little bit. And you actually like kind of hinted at it. I want to give you a scenario and we can take like a cab scenario that you were in. But if you go into a scene, I want you to talk, if you can talk me through like, how do you see it and what do you do? You know what I mean? Like if you're photographing a scene, where do you look? What's the first thing that you do, do uh, pay attention to? And how do you, how do you do it? You know what I mean? Right. I, I don't know if this will kind of get me into trouble or, or not, but um, so you just want me to kind of describe <laughs> if you, if you don't no, want no, to, it's, no, it's fine, you know. but you know, it's, it's things I've said before. So you just kind of want me to walk you through kind of like how I'd go in and see something. I would love to, if you can. Yeah. Yeah. We can try to try to do something. I'll just like a military exercise. We'll just, we'll just say something like that. So sure. Uh, honestly, I go into it and, and I find a little bit of background about it. You know, I don't do a lot. And again, I'm not saying I do things the right way. I probably do things the wrong way. A lot <laughs> of times it, because Photography is not only about, you know, clicking the button, taking the picture and trying to get storytelling images. To me, it's, it's in my soul. It's, it's as much of a journey for me as it is, you know, taking the pictures. So that, that's why a lot of the stories that I work on, I know nothing about. And I don't dive in and, and try to find a lot of things about it because I want to learn as I'm going and, and see this you know, beautiful thing or tragic thing happen and unfold right in front of my eyes. So, mm -hmm. so that's the first thing is just get a little bit of background on it. And then I go in and I, this is where I'm, I'm saying it probably get me in trouble. So we're doing an exercise, um, you know, and honestly, I, I look for the, the prettiest people out there or the ugliest people. <laughs> that's the, that's that might be the best advice I've ever heard. <laughs> that's how I start with who I'm photographing. That's how I start like focusing in because you know what? People love to look at beautiful people. People love to look at mm -hmm. ugly people. I mean, it's just, it's what we do. The whole time I walk into a situation, I'm always looking for moments. Absolutely. Moments, moments, moments. Moments will set you free. That's the whole thing. And as I'm looking for moments, you know, I'm, I'm concentrating on either the prettiest or ugliest, you know, as I'm going in there. And then all of a sudden you start to see this character or characters evolve. You become that fly on the wall mm -hmm. and you watch, as you're watching and studying this group of soldiers out in the field, somebody starts 
coming and making themselves known that that's going to be your your subject you know and that's that's kind of how i go in to an assignment and then everything is all about moments um it, mm-hmm. you become one of these your subjects so it means like you know if i'm out on patrol and I have time to help fill sandbags. I'm filling sandbags. You want to become part of the team, but not so much that you're not that fly on the wall either. And it's asking questions. I don't care if you're not interested in the, whatever you're photographing. Go up and, and be genuine and ask questions. Those questions, next thing you know, it's like, oh, man, yeah. Great, you should be here, you know, at two o'clock. You know, we tip over Johnny in the Porta John. You should be that. We do that every day. You know, it just opens up it <laughs> opens up them to talking about them. It shows that you have an interest in what their lives are. And it just it just mm-hmm. becomes this great thing that starts growing in, in front of you. And then they forget about you being there. Yeah, you just become one of them. Right. Right. But it's moments. It's, I don't want to see, you know, a protest. I don't want to see, you know, signs and stuff. Yes, I know they're there, but I want to, how the, how are the people feeling about what they're doing? Why are they doing this? You know, it's, it's, that's what you're, you're trying to get in and and trying to document. You know, the, the, the picture of the Marines break dancing, um, Honestly, it was all day out on the range. And this is why I love Marines and I love uh, soldiers because, man, you give them downtime, oh, man, they're just, (laughs) they're amazing. You don't know what they're going to get into. (laughs) But so, you know, we spent all day out on the range. I was becoming one of them. And we were sitting down having lunch. The next thing I know, they just formed a circle, started kicking rocks. I'm like, what's going on? And they just started a breakdance session, and I was just blown away. But again, if you, again, do you think I could have gotten that if if I didn't spend time? Um, do you do you think they would have let me in that close if if I wasn't invested in them? Or I, I just don't see it happening. So again, that's where it, it it helps to be invested in the people that you're you're working with. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of, not only that, I think there's a lot of credence to like kind of getting in the shit with them too. Like you said, filling sandbags and doing all this stuff because yeah, the picture is great, but you still had to like stand by on a range for five hours with them to, to even, to even be there, to even see the photos, even make it happen. Like all, all the other stuff you had to kind of like, you know, bear with as well. And you know what? And your job's not done once the whistle's blown and and the mission's over or the exercise is over. I mean, your job's actually just beginning. You, it's not time to go home. It's time to see how these people, you know, react to a hard day's work. Or, I mean, that's where you're going to get some of these precious moments and of of who these people are. You know, my my mentors were always you. You hear it in our industry all the time. Go early and stay late. Yep. <laughs> um, what makes a good image to you? Are there like uh, quantifiable things? Is it just good because it's good? Or is there specific things that you can pinpoint that makes a good image? I, 
you know, I don't, I don't think, for me at least, I can sit there and go, it has to have A, B, and C to be a great image. Uh, again, you heard mm. me say moments, moments, moments. It has to have a strong moment. That's, that's everything in an image. You know, um, one of the things I'm, I'm starting to, to do, and I, I did this in Calcutta with the Calcutta cab story, is I just noticed my images are kind of flat. They're not, they don't have depth to them. So okay. what I've started doing is I'm trying now, all the time looking for these moments, but now I'm trying to make more complex images lots of layers like mm-hmm. almost throwing as much stuff into a photograph that i can but yet you still have this these moments and 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 hopefully by the time this is released you know, i'll have uh the calcutta story the cab story released, and you'll see how i'm trying to make um these more complex images and and you you just can't be on an assignment and and start making these um you, you know, you mm-hmm. need to practice, practice your craft. And, you know, I use uh, my buddies and I that I work with here, you know, it'll be like a Donald Trump impeach Trump rally or something like that that's going on. And, and it's like, I want to go down and, and photograph that. It keeps me on my toes. It lets me practice. Um, and I use that whole kind of rally to, to work on trying to make more complex images. So that's kind of like where I'm at right now. In my photography is is not only you know strong moments, but but making more complex images. So, getting back, circling back to your question, I don't think there's any formula uh, to what makes a great photo. It's just got to have that strong moment. Now, put that strong moment mm-hmm. in with more of a complex image, and man, I just think these images will start singing to you and, and really get in storytelling. Yeah, um, and I saw I was, uh, I was on your Instagram, and there's a there is a photo that you posted of the inside yeah, of a cab, yeah. and I noticed I and I love this photo, and I noticed that there's a, a thousand layers. You know, you've got the the back of the seat and the driver, and through the glass, and you see the whole city. Um, but the the interesting part about the image is the guy's kind of looking in the mirror at you. I, he's either looking at you or looking in the rearview mirror, but yeah, you can I see his face, face very the, clearly. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> um but it kind of makes that because my eyes it doesn't matter how small that is my eyes are immediately drawn to his i'm like oh that's the moment i kind of look around the frame and i'm like oh my gosh there's layers here and there's other things happening and i get to explore a little bit more as a viewer how beautiful is it to explore Um, an image you know that's that's the beauty that's where i'm trying to get to that's my next bar is to explore an image exactly what you're saying preach on preach on (laughs) (laughs) um so then it's it's awesome to hear that you're like constantly you know pushing and trying to teach yourself and learn and work outside your comfort zones um so what what gets you up nowadays like what inspires you to go do this kind of like daily and push your you know push your own uh levels and push your own skill like what makes you want to be better um you know, honestly, it's to make a difference. That's that's what what gets me up. That's what gets me going. That's what makes the hair stand on my arms. And and it's hard now. You know, 
when I was in the military, I mean, these, these guys that are in the military work, and you have just such a beautiful job. Um, you know, it's, it's, you're working for something that's a sense of purpose. It's newsworthy. You guys are doing great things, whether it's humanitarian aid or, or protecting our lifestyle on the battlefield. Um, that, to me, was, mm-hmm. was just such a, a beautiful part of who I was, and, and, and I loved it. That's Working for something like that, a mission like that, is, is what, what got me going. Now, I have to find those things. Um, I have to. I'm, I'm looking for organizations to work with that, that kind of have those principles that will, will help me to help them make a difference in this world. I mean, it, honestly, I, that's, what, that's what I want to do. Someday, somewhere, someplace, you know, it's just to make a difference with, with my work. That is a noble cause. That is, that is something to work towards. Um, so do you have a, I'd love to, I, I know this is the case, but I'd love to hear it from you. Do you have, um, like, I guess the question is this, have you failed on a, on, on a decent sized scale? And then what do you do? Like, how do you recover and get back on the horse after you've absolutely like bombed a shoot or, um, you know, mess something up somehow? I don't, I haven't had anything that big. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I fail every day, you know? I mean, that's in photography, you, you kind of want to make failures. Um, that's how we as humans, we grow, right? Is, is to make mistakes. And, but I think what's different is that I'm out there on my own time, working on my own projects, making those mistakes. Again, that's what I did when I was in the military. Mm-hmm. I was off on my own time working on stories, whether the circus came to town, and I was out there forcing myself to make mistakes because I know that I needed to be better for my client, for the military, or for my clients now. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of why I go out and also practice and learn to grow so that I am ready. Um, you know, yes, I've had where, you know, little things where, you know, I might have lost images on a card or, or you know, forgot a lens or something like that. But nothing, I can't, nothing sticks out that just hasn't. But it seems like you kind of mitigate those things from happening because you're out there all the time, like pushing yourself in a zone where it's safe yeah. to do so. You saw it, It's actually, it sounds a lot like me. Like I do enough video and like motion graphics work on my own time to learn the skills so I won't fail for a client. Right, Ideally right. it's happened it's, of course. It's right? the same thing. I mean, but, no, definitely. And, and, and whether you, you know, for me failure is, well, you know, I thought I shot pretty decent for the client, but you know, I haven't heard back from them and you know, ever. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have a, a favorite image or a favorite shoot that you've done that's kind of like stuck with you over the years? Um, no, it's, you know, people will ask me, well, you know, what's your favorite image? And there's an interview I did once just off the cuff. I, did, I didn't think about it. I was like, well, I haven't taken it yet. And that's, 
that's kind of true. Um, I, I, I don't think mm-hmm. I have taken it yet. Um, but man, I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. I do. When I, when I got out of the military, um, again, you know, working with Benny Davis, um, he was like, man, you should talk about doing like kind of a gallery and call it 21, you know, 21, 21 mm-hmm. images from 21 years of military service. So oh, that's kind okay. of the, the idea around my 21. And what you'll notice is on the, my website, um, there's actually 22 images in my 21 gallery and it is the image of my grandmother taking her last breath with my mom and dad um, hands on her head and just comforting her. And um, the reason I bring that up because that's a, a moment in time where I was very vulnerable. I didn't know if I was doing the right thing. Mom and dad asked me to be there and, to document this and cover this and you know I'm just I mean tears are streaming down my face while I'm while I'm documenting this and that is literally her last breath and so right now that's that's an image that that stays with me and and that I love and and probably one of the hardest images I've ever had to take but you know there's there's different images on there on my website and throughout my body of work that I like for different reasons. There was, um, a civil war photograph, um, where it was the first time I saw layers and, and I'm, I love that photograph mm-hmm. because I've never knew what layers were. And, and I literally made that picture on the way home after attending my, uh, the Eddie Adams workshop where I learned layers for the first time. So that was kind of like my second epiphany <laughs> in, um, in, in the middle or in my you know, career and progression. And so there's, there's different images for different reasons. I remember uh, when I was starting out, somebody showed me a picture by Sam Abel. Um, when he, it was a, uh, to explain layers to me and it was like they're branding cattle or whatever. And yeah. I was just like, it blew me away. It, yeah, I was this almost is beautiful. Tears because this, I was this. like, uh, you know, when they were explaining, they were picking one of my images, my editor at the Eddie Adamson. I'm like, no, I just don't like that image. I don't like it. He goes, I don't care. He goes, it's beautiful. You got all these layers. Of I said, I don't see it. I don't see it. And they're like, it's like, you know, me as a kid doing math homework, at the kitchen table with my dad, just crying. Like, I don't understand. You know? <laughs> but, but then when I took it out into the field, I'm, you're not supposed to get it at workshops. That's another thing. Don't, don't go to workshops to get it. Go there to fail, to, to push yourself to do something mm-hmm. different. And, and, you know, then I saw it out in the field and, and was able to capture it. And it was just like, ah, I get it. I get it. Okay. I see. What is a piece of advice you would give yourself, you know, when you kind of first started out, maybe something that you wish you would have known or something, you, I mean, you know, stuff changes in, in 10, 15 years, but what would you tell people coming up now? Like, this is a thing that you need to do uh, to get better. Like right now, what is, what is something I can take away that's going to make me a better photographer or like creative overall? Oh man. Um, 
You know, it's funny uh, telling myself this. I mean, I kind of, I had mentors telling me this. So I, I kind of felt like I was on the right path. Workshops, um, highly encourage workshops. You just learn so much. You get to network. I, 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 workshops are huge. And workshops are a place to go and fail, like I said earlier. Um, I think workshops mm -hmm. are huge. I think looking more at other people's work, I, like I do look at other people's work, uh, but remember how I also said earlier that I, I, it's more about a journey from my heart as well. Um, and it's kind of soul searching yes. and that's why I don't get in there and, and dive in and do all this research. And there's photographers out there. You're going to go shoot a homeless teen mom. They're out there researching that they're out there researching, looking at what other people have shot mm -hmm. to me. That's already programming in my, my head, how this is going to turn out and, and the award winning style shots that I need to get where, where I'm not learning and I'm not growing with this person who's letting me into their life. So, yeah. you know, again, I'm not sure if I did it the right way or the wrong way, but maybe that would be a, another piece of my advice is to to definitely look at some more people that I admire and, and more work. Um, and I think the last thing is, you know, when you learn something, get out there and do it. I have a tendency of, of you know being taught something but i won't go out and work on it right away it's kind of in the back of my mind and when that arises on a situation mm -hmm. or a story i'm working on i'm like oh yeah i remember this and and i get it and then i come back and show my mentor and he's like man i've been waiting for you to do that you know i taught you that you know <laughs> two months ago and i was like yeah i know but it, i it for me to learn it i just have to i need to be in a situation to apply it I'm not just going to go out there and, and do it just to do it. Like I need to see it. It's kind of like the layers when I saw the layers. So I think an advice would be to, to get on it sooner. If you learn something, get out there and, and practice it. That's it. There's no, there's no substitute for right. actually doing right. the work, right? I really appreciate you taking the time, man. It's not, I know it may not seem like a big deal, but. People, these young photographers that are in the military right now they have a true blessing being there. It's what they make of it. You know, it's, so you got a crappy assignment to North Dakota Hey, get out there and work your craft. It's, it's like you're working on a newspaper anywhere in the world. Your, your city's just a little bit smaller, but man, it, it has such an opportunity and you have such an opportunity to be seen worldwide, your stuff worldwide, which is, it's just awesome. I miss it every day. I miss the importance of, of telling our brave men and women who, who are in our military stories. Yeah, grasp hold of what you have because it's a beautiful thing. That's it, guys. It's a beautiful thing. I love that. I love the way he looks at our job and the opportunities that we have because there's really nothing else like it. I've worked in the newspaper industry for a little bit and having done this job for a while now, I can tell you the access that we get is not like anybody else, but at the same time, we get it. Like it can suck. 
you can have a boss that doesn't really give a crap about how good you are or how passionate you are or you're not getting the leadership that you need or want, hey, it happens. We understand. It's not always, you know, sunshines and rainbows, but control the things that you can control. If you love this craft, if you love what you do, go do it. Don't make excuses about why you can't go shoot or do whatever. Just go do it, right? The only way you're going to get better is shooting or designing or practicing, right? So that's it. That's all I can say. Just go do it. Go make epic stuff. As always, thanks for listening. And until next time, this has been Creative by Design.